All right, the clicks went off. Good to go. Everybody comfortable? Yes, sir. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, should we start by uh, Hesh Boy, you know, talking about what he did this morning? Or, or? Yeah. Hesh Boy, do you got everything going on over there? Because you, you've made this whole process so far today kind of a fuckery. Uh, yeah. Are we good? You Did made you? our most important guest wait. No. Dude, <laughs> Shit, I, I can't say that. Ah, oh, fuck. Everyone's going to be mad now. Oh, that's Not all right. the most important guest. Also, <laughs> it's all right, man. Take your time. <laughs> we, we got all day. It, yeah. But all I'm tired. It, all we got is time. It, it's not like he has anything to do today or anything. Hash it. You know, no big deal. Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> So we got a we got a little bit of a change today, a little bit of a different look. We got an extra camera angle in here. Shout out to Bull Boy Films, running the uh, third angle today. Got Bull Boy on the on the Media Pub swag a little bit, showing Hesh Boy the ropes, keeping Hesh Boy in line because he clearly isn't forgetting shit. Had to go buy a new tripod on Dylan's cart earlier. Yep, new guy steps in and he's already showing you up. What's going on? Not a good look, Hesh. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. Well, we can punk him all day, but uh, should we uh, bring it in? Yeah, bring <laughs> us in. Well, we're back. What's up, everybody, to another episode of the Insiders Podcast presented by WTP Motorsports. Today, we are joined by Justin Bogle. What's up, dude? Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm excited. Let's uh, let's get this talking thing done, man. I'm I'm down to talk. How much time we got? <laughs> well, we got, uh, we'll <laughs> we got plenty of time. Let's go, man. Let's Careful go. what you ask for. Let's go. <laughs> How much tape we got? Let it run. When we run out, we'll just throw new ones there in. We go. So, yeah, ten we're hours. Good. We we're good to go. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever I, it takes. I don't I think, think I'll make it ten hours, but I think my cart says eight. Okay. Yeah. So like you we know, got time. Hour and a half, two hours sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so justin bogle uh very stoked to have you um i was actually telling bull boy on the way here this is uh this is a little bit different for us usually at least for me um every guest that we've had on here so far has been like a homie or you know a close friend at least um in which i've actually never had the privilege to meet you so it, we're super stoked to have you um whole lot we could get into today so um i mean I think we could jump right into it by the most uh, recent relevancy. Um, you've had some real good finishes at the end of this year. Um, I mean, you know, granted. It was better. It was better. It was getting a little better. Well, no, I've been meaning to ask this, you know, just because you are a former 250 champion. You know, you have a solid resume underneath you. Um, so what, what has this, this season looked like for you? Um, you've had a bunch of top tens. You've been ramping your way up closer to the top five. How has this season been for you? How what would you classify this season as for you? Honestly, this season was a lot of frustration, and I didn't really, I didn't really feel that great at any point. I kind of struggled the whole time. I got, I started to kind of come around at the end of Supercross, and I crashed in Dallas, separated my shoulder, did a couple of things, and took the wind out of the sails for a bit. So I, uh, yeah, man, I, I came in outdoors, same song and dance, a little unprepared, and then was hoping to ride my way into it on the weekends. But yeah, it was a, it was a struggle, man. I didn't even get a top 10 until like this month. You know what I mean? It was, it was not that enjoyable. So 
I mean, I'm not giving my I'm like a barely passing grade. Like I mm. give myself like a C minus, I guess. You're right. I don't know, man. I, it's hard because where I'm at, like right in this moment, isn't ideal by any stretch of the imagination. But damn it, man! Like I've won races before, you know. Right. Like, I've won a 450 outdoor, and it's been so long since I've won. So it's it's frustrating because I feel like I'm the same guy. But I haven't been able to prove it, you right. know, and right. and that's all on me. So, yeah, man, I not a lot of fun. I, I, I take that back. I had a lot of fun this summer. I was enjoying the races. More perspective from like life stuff happening in the last couple of years, I think that hit me that made me just a lot more appreciative, and I kind of understood what was in front of me now more so than maybe I ever had. So yeah, man, I, I had a lot of fun. The team I was on was the Rocky Mountain KTM team. Everyone on that team I had a good relationship with. I had so much fun with those guys that every weekend was like, I looked forward to going to the races, you know? And sometimes it's not like that, especially if you're not doing good. Right. You know, if your results aren't there, like sometimes it gets to be a drag. It's hard to get Easy yourself- Easy to stress. Get, it's hard to get yourself to like get excited to go to the airport, you know right. what I mean? Because right. you're just like, man, I. I got 14th last weekend, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to even, it's not even, it doesn't feel like in the moment, like it's even worth it, but obviously it is like, you right. have to go through that and keep working to get back up there. It doesn't just get handed to you. So right. it's frustrating, but it's the name of the game, man. This stuff ain't supposed to be easy. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to pay to play. So that's right. what we're doing, man. Yeah. Like you said, uh, <clears throat> you know, you've won 450 races, 250 races, like, that's probably the hardest part for you. Just, you know, like you said, going out and getting 14th place, that probably feels like shit. But at the same time, you saying that you still found the fun in every weekend and stuff. I feel like when everyone's, you know, done racing or just even when you reflect on each year, that's the stuff that we all overlook or, you know, you just take it for granted in the moment. You don't even realize how good shit is. It's just the racing's not quite there. You know what I mean? But I feel like, you know, dwelling on it and not finding the good in each weekend, that probably just makes you do worse the next weekend. Yeah. And I, that's, that was big for me in the last year, mm -hmm. you know, cause I, I think maybe the first half of my career, honestly, I feel like I missed out on that. Maybe just enjoying what I'm doing. Like right. this is like racing supercross and motocross and riding for factory teams and being able to do what I love doing every day and literally be able to pretty much make my own schedule and mm -hmm. do whatever I want is like everything I ever wanted when I was a kid. Right. It's everything I ever dreamed of having. It's like what I wanted to be from the time I saw motorcycles. So I think, yeah, I think I missed out on some of that just from just the stress and pressure of trying to win, you right. know, and, and it's, it's professional sports, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Trying to win and be up there and be one of the guys is tough work. It's not like right. it's, it's no walk in the park. So you have to, you have to do that. But at the same time, I'm getting older now. I, uh, I'm still young. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but, you might be moto old. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> barely, I still feel like a kid inside, right. you know, and I'm this year, especially I, you know, I, I wasn't going to get re-signed to the team that I've been on for the last three years and, um, very grateful for the time they gave me. Mm -hmm. I had three years of three, three seasons to, to prove myself. And, and honestly I struggled. So, right. um, I'm thankful for that time, but I kind of realized like, okay, if, if say, is this like, maybe I don't know what I'm doing from here. Is this, am I getting another ride? Am I going to be on a factory bike ever again? Like you don't, it's hard to say, uh, the landscape of where this thing's at right now, it's tough. There's not a lot of spots. And when you're not getting results, like I haven't been, it gets tough. So I kind of just decided, man, 
I'm going to be myself. I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. I'm obviously still working my ass off. We all do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm, I moved down to Florida mid-season and slept on a mattress on the floor for a couple months. Like, I'm, I'm not scared to do whatever it takes and thug it out. So, right. so, yeah. But when you're doing that stuff and you're not getting results, it's very, very frustrating. So mm-hmm. you got to find, find the good in it, man, and have some fun with it because it's like with anything. There's got to be yin to the yang. There can't all be good. There has to be some bad because mm-hmm. this stuff is really cool. And if there's no bad, like, then it wouldn't be as awesome as it is. But right. It's, it's got to be a balance. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So I think missing out on the fun aspect and having relationships with guys on the team mm-hmm. and enjoying my time at the races and having fun with the fans, like, that stuff is what it, that, that's what excites me. I love that stuff. And man. that's what you remember, too, you know? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like, I haven't had – much to write home about results wise in a while. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of the fans have been really, really good to me and very supportive and there hasn't been a whole lot of negative, you know? So, and that, that stuff means the world to me. That means more than almost anything. So that's made it a lot more fun for me personally. And just having that relationship with the guys and, and the fans and just being in the mix. And I love this stuff, man. I want to be, I want to be in the paddock and, be around this stuff this is this is what wakes me up in the morning this is what i think about all day like i love this stuff man right 100 percent. so you know as as somebody who again you know i i remember not that long ago it, it feels like i was a kid but not that long ago you know we were watching you dominate the 250 class and win championships and you were at the highest level um you know, and obviously moving to the 450 class changes a lot of things. It's a drastic change from 250 to 450. Um, trying to piece how I can word this without sounding like an asshole, but you're an asshole. Too. Um, I mean, how how hard is it to stay motivated for somebody who was pretty successful in the 250 class, and then you know you had some success. You've had good success in the 450 class, but probably not like you've wanted obviously you know what i mean after doing what you did in the 250 class ideally you jump right down to a 450 and do almost the same thing you know um so how hard is it to stay motivated and i mean you sound like you've don't have an issue with that but how you know again how hard is it to stay motivated when you know stuff like that happens it's really tough to stay motivated through the roller coaster that this thing is it's it gets tough man it's it's one of those things that it's the same thing with like I was talking about the perspective on all of this stuff. Like there was a couple of years where I was just getting to be really over it. And even I say when I turned pro, I guess in my head, the last couple of years of amateurs, I didn't really lose much at all. And I came in very confident and I was pretty positive that I was going to win a lot. Like I, right. I was just very confident that I was going to win a lot. And even like when I won that Supercross championship, you know, 600 years ago, it felt <laughs> like I wasn't even that excited, really. Like, that doesn't, that sounds bad, but at the time, I was like, whatever, I got to get ready for outdoors. There'll be more. Right. There wasn't more, you know? Right. Like, when, so it kind of goes back to that like memory thing, you know, exactly. not really appreciating the little things. Exactly. And I, I had a good time that season because I had a, a bunch of, I had a few big injuries in, in the off season. So, I wasn't even supposed to race that year. I, they hired the team hired a filling guy and everything. Like I wasn't supposed to race. I rode a couple of days before 
the first round and I went there and got some decent points and then gave it a shot and it ended up working out. So in my head, I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm going to run the number one plate next year and I will be more prepared. So I'll do it again. Yep. And I ended up having a shoulder surgery that off season pretty late. And then same story, rode a couple of times and went to the first round. And that year it was uh, Marvin and he was uh, firing on all cylinders, if you will. So he definitely kicked my ass that year. I won one race, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like I ever was at a point where I felt like I was fully realizing my potential, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and that could be said for a lot of guys that do a lot of sports and a lot of stuff. 100%. You know, and it's not like that's a unique story to me. I think injuries really played a big part in a lot of what went down with me. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not going to cry about it. It is what it is. All the stuff that I went through, I'm okay with it because I'm okay with who I am at this point. Right. But yeah, it was, I think almost every year of my career, I had a really big one with like a, a legit surgery. Yeah. And that, that made it tough. Like that, that's what started to wear on me more than anything was just constantly having to like crawl up off the floor and try to get some momentum going again. Mm -hmm. And like, man, I, I feel like I'm, I'm so confident in myself and my ability mm -hmm. on a motorcycle and I'm not really scared of the work. I'm not scared of suffering. I'm like, I really like that stuff. So it got really trying at a certain point, just whenever I felt like I couldn't just get past that brick wall. Like I just kept running into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like every time I ran into it, I got hurt and I'm like starting, I was starting to get very, very frustrated to the point where I was just pissed off all the time and not that fun to be around. And everyone that's around me a lot, my friends and stuff, they, they know that's not really me, you know, 100%. like I'm always cutting up and being an idiot. So, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I, I haven't accomplished nearly what I thought I would, but right. shit, man, I think pretty much everybody could probably say that. So right, right. is what it is. You know, I've tried my best. I, I don't feel like I've left any stone unturned. I've done all this stuff, trained a bunch of different ways. I've packed up mid season and moved across the country numerous times, like whatever it takes, I've done it. So I think when it's all said and done and the fat lady's singing her song, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, disappointed or have regret because I've, I've done everything I felt like I could do to give myself a shot. So I don't know, man, I, it's all you can do. Yeah. I, there was a point when I was over it, but then I went through a lot of stuff last year that kind of brought me back into it and reminded me why I do this and yeah. how much I really do love this stuff because man, I, it's hard to even explain how much I love this stuff, man. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to do it either way, you know? So honestly, I mean, I think, you know, after, it's good because uh, you keep coming back. <laughs> right. And you know, for anybody who, you know, gets hurt a couple times doing this stuff knows like, it's hard to keep coming back after you get hurt. You know, and especially after you have a couple big ones, it's really hard to come back. Especially when they're back to back, too. It's like you always feel like you're in recovery mode. Like you can only recover so many times in a row, and you're just like, fuck, do I ever get like the satisfaction of going and winning or racing or, you know what I mean? It just sucks. Well, and it's, you know, a lot of it is, you know, everybody knows a lot of the sport is super mental, too. So, Absolutely. you know, year after year, as you get all these injuries, you know, I'm sure the thought starts to go through your head am I fragile? You know, am I, if, am I, if I crash, am I going to re-break whatever, you know, that I'm sure there's a whole bunch of crazy thoughts that, you know, go through your head. But one thing I think 
nobody can deny is I'd say you probably have the strap for the most stylish dude in our sport on and off the bike. Now, that is a big claim. See how he walks into the pits? Shit, some of the supercrosses. Well, that, you know, him and Colt together? Fuck. Yeah, I'll take it. Colt would argue <laughs> with you on that one, but <laughs> I got Colt all day. So <laughs> so let's let's take it right back to the very beginning. Where, you know, how were you brought up as a kid? Where did this style come from? You know, off the bike and then on the bike. Again, you know, Bull Boy and I were talking about it on the way here and you were like Mr. Leg Swag back in the day. I remember literally the dog piss whip. <laughs> yeah, like I I remember like not being able to throw whips at all or even get the bike flat remotely close, but I would pull the leg off and try to dog piss her it and try to look like Bogle back in the day. And you just did a Superman secret it on did, accident. It, yeah, it didn't <laughs> granted none of the photos or clips ever came out how I, you know, thought they did in my head, but um you know, where did all that come from? Where did where did all the style come from as a kid or did it get developed in your younger age or yeah, you know, where did that come from? I don't know. I think stuff like that, I feel like you may not even remember what it was, but right. something in your life caused you to start being a certain way. Right. Whether it's like you felt like you needed something from somebody so you figured out how to get that was by like being entertaining or yep. whatever it is, right? I don't know. I know when I was super young, I I would always be doing tricks and stuff. Like when I was in sixties, I learned how to do hill clickers, so I would do them all the time. And like I got a lot of attention for it. Right. You know, like my dad thought it was cool. Like so I don't know, maybe just my old man thinking it was cool got like amped me up and right. I would just do it all the time. So yep. um I've kind of always, I think maybe just my personality too. I think the most important thing with all of this is your personality comes out in anything you do. Yep. And however you are in life, honestly, comes out in how you race and ride and how you dress and how you do everything. I'm, uh, my personality, I'm a little bit, I, I'm, I'm not a social butterfly, if you will, but like right. I need interaction socially. I need like my friends around, like mm -hmm. I need to be able to have fun, like I'm a, ginormous smart ass like i yeah. need to be able to like joke around and do that kind of stuff otherwise i'm just like really unhappy so i think a lot of that stuff for me is just me being excited like i have a hard time getting focused and doing 35s all week is really difficult for me mm -hmm. like my add just like it's pinging off the charts <laughs> all week dude i'm just like i want to do something cool something cool right but yeah i think for me i go to the races and i'm like all the fans are there, they're cheering, they're all excited. And I just get amped up and do stuff. You know right. what I mean? It's like, I don't really practice that stuff, but I just, the entertainer comes I just, out. I get all excited and I, I'll just do something, you know? Right. It's like, sometimes like I'm the, like, like the sight lap shit. Exactly. Like, sight yeah, lap stuff. Yeah. Like yep. a couple of people were giving me some shit this weekend because I, in practice, I, I stopped. Like I, I heard the, I heard people cheering and I did a knack knack like real quick. Like I heard it. I was just going up the jump. I did a knack knack and then I like stopped and was like revving my bike and like, you know, but and then That's afterwards funny. I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot. I need to, I should probably, Shit, that was a fast lap. I should probably do a fast lap and qualify, but I just get excited. And that stuff is like what amps me up. And it honestly helps me focus because it's like, you get that adrenaline and that endorphin rush of like, yep. 
happiness you know? right well it's shit like that that makes the sport and you just do it naturally because it gets you going too you know what i mean so it's a win-win i mean obviously time and place but fuck who cares <laughs> yeah time you and place mean? but like i said from this weekend but it's like, what you I want did that, and then the next lap i did a lap and i went to like p3 or four or something so yeah. it's like you needed that it's what makes, it's what <laughs> you makes hype me yourself tick, up. but yeah like, every single person on this planet's different dude everyone needs something different yeah the same know? shit doesn't work for everybody and not a, not everybody can go out there and be that like stupid and messing around all the time <laughs> i might need to try that shit. And, and be like still able to focus and do their job right you right. know but i do better when i'm having fun yep so i mean dude we work we all work so hard and it's so difficult during the week and i'm living in florida training at 83 compound and it's like 900 degrees every day it's right it's hard work so i have to enjoy it because otherwise i'll just get just ground down and start to get a little burnout. Right, and then, for sure. Then you're not getting the best out of me. Yeah. You know, so. And Anything plus, to keep it fun, right? Yeah, and like I said, I mean, the fans like that stuff, man. Like, yeah. people love seeing cool stuff. Yep. I love seeing cool stuff. Well, and yeah, think about it. Like, I mean, I'm I'm 27 now, and I could still go to an outdoor race, and I'm going to get just as hyped up as you doing a knack-knack over the biggest jump there than I am the first lap seeing everybody go by. You know what I mean? And I'm 27. Like, I still enjoy that shit just as yeah, much as I was. Yeah, that's not even kid shit. That's, exactly, just, that's right. human shit. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm saying is, like, you know, you don't have to be a kid to see that and you're like, that was fucking sick, you know? So, you know, kind of like what Dylan said, I, I really do think that's good for the sport, and I kind of wish more people would do that, you right. know, me seeing everything from like a marketing standpoint mm -hmm. that's just how my brain For works sure. so like definitely you know and again like how you said not everybody works that way so maybe tomac's not able to you know take his mind off of what he's doing that's a tight ass that. bubble right but you know fuck if he did it'd be sick you know what i mean like it'd, it'd be right. very cool to see right at the same time like we talked about it off off camera earlier i mean i'd trade him careers so whatever he's doing right. you know what i mean right i maybe maybe i'm the idiot and i don't know what i'm doing right because I, yeah i mean like like you said though like growing up like obviously even you winning like that's the goal that's your dream but at the same time like you said your championship were the days that like honestly you probably went through the motions so heavy you don't remember a lot of shit like there's probably stuff missing from that you know what i mean and it's like that's probably where he's at like i bet you've probably had a more fun career you know what i mean and yeah he's winning his best in the world but at the same time it's like well what are you actually taking out of it though you know what I mean? Winning isn't really everything. I mean, it is, but you got to enjoy lot, it. A lot more money and a lot more uh, hardware in the house. And yeah. All yeah. That cool but what stuff. are you going to do with it? Buy cool stuff. True. Yeah. I like the money aspect, but like yeah. Mike Tyson talking about his career back in the day, there's nah, a video and he's like, it's just plastic. Nah, like, it's, a, it's the same thing, bro. Like that stuff doesn't really matter. No. It, it does. You need, it it you, does. You absolutely need it to survive in this world. Yes. And the more of it you have, the better off you can make your life and your family's life yeah. and the people you care about. But I also do think that like having just so much passion for something mm -hmm. and enjoying something that you're doing every day, you're not always going to enjoy it. Like sometimes, right. sometimes I hate this shit, but like mm -hmm. I do, I love it so much. It's like the most toxic relationship sometimes. Right. Like, it is. It's like we fight, we make up. I love you. Right. And then How could something hurt you again? so bad right. and you just, just keep coming just back? It breaks my heart constantly and I just keep coming back, man. I can't help it. So It's worse than chicks. It's worse, man. <laughs> it is way because this stuff physically will hurt badly too a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, someone like like an Eli, like, dude, he's one of the best that's ever done it. You know, Absolutely. he's got a lot of championships and 
that's what I aspired to as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I wanted to be, but it didn't really work out that way. Right. You know, like whatever my, the obstacles that I had to go through and the things that maybe situations I put myself in, you know, I can't blame anyone for anything. Like, obviously I'm the one on the motorcycle. So, um, my path is different and mm -hmm. I feel like understanding that my path is different and I, I'm not going to be Ricky Carmichael or Jeremy McGrath, but I guess I'll just be Justin Bogle then, you right. know, like right. it, there's worse things I could be than just being myself. Absolutely. I'll, just, I'll just be me and, and enjoy this thing while I'm doing it because I love it. It's all I ever really wanted to do and be. So maybe I'm not a 10 time champion when it's all said and done. But, um, I think people like myself with having that passion and, and wanting to be there, like I really want to be there. You know, I haven't made that much money in the last handful of years. Like I've been riding on, you know, bonus only contracts some right. years, like one year I didn't get bonuses at all. You know, right. like I want a 450 national. I didn't make any money from it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I wouldn't change that because that summer was awesome. I learned a lot. I had so much fun. Is that the RCH summer? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, just that, that feeling of like finally like winning something again, you know, it was, right. it was worth more than, more than the money. And you know, just having having respect from the people that you care about and the people that you work with. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, just not being a shitty dude to everyone that you're around and, you know, treating everyone well. Um, I have a good relationship with a lot of the people I've worked with on the teams that I've ridden for. And, you know, that, that stuff means so much to me because I, there's been years I made pretty good money when I was on the 250 stuff, like I, you know, win a championship, you make decent money. And there's been years I've made, I've spent money. Like I've just went way in the red right, or whatever, you know, I just, I don't think I had any more fun when I made more money or otherwise, right. you know, I, I think it's not all it's about, but I would obviously love to make more money, but oh, everyone yeah. would, <laughs> but at the end of the day, if this is, what I have, and this is the path that I have for myself from whatever's happened in my career. I'm not going to be a zillion time champion. Like I know that I'm, I'm 28 years old, you know, I'm still going to race. I'm still going. I don't know how much longer I got, you know, so I want to enjoy it and make the most of it and get as good of results as I can. Yep. You know, I, it's not really that win or die kind of thing. Like it used to be where I, I think I got hurt a lot too because I I couldn't really accept not being up there, you know. So yeah. I, would, I would do some stuff and make some decisions that weren't the best. But it's not like that anymore. Obviously, I still feel that delusion, that delusional confidence that I kind of always had, where I think I just could do it no matter what. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. It's not. I think anyone that's going to be good or great at anything has to have a you, little bit of that. Yeah, and you're exactly. a little bit crazy, you know. Like yep. I'm, I'm a little bit crazy sometimes. Like. That's kind of part of it, I think. Um, I think you have to have, like, yes, you, like you what do. you just said, if you have to have a little bit of that to, to do anything in this sport or any sport, really, in, in life, anything. Right. I think you have to be right. a little bit, a little bit off to, yep. even oh, absolutely, to even, <laughs> even think that you can do right. something like that, like because it's not normal and it's, right. like who do you think you are thinking that you can be somebody? You know, like mm -hmm. that's how like the world looks at it, but you got to be a little bit crazy and confident enough even if it's delusion to just 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's delusion. It's all what it is to you. Hey, it's it's delusion until it's real, right? Like, exactly. Right. You know. But if you actually, I mean, if you believe in it, whatever the fuck you want to call, it, that's all that matters. Yep. It doesn't matter what everyone else like. Oh, he's delusional. All right, cool. Well, I don't fucking think I'm delusional yet. <laughs> you never know, man. Hey, yeah. Watching. You got to uh, try. Watching Monza this weekend, man. Ricardo getting the Dude, win. No. Who was expecting that? No. One. How sick was that? Nobody. Nobody, was nobody that. but Ricardo. But guess what? He's a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. And he believes in his heart and soul that he can still win. Absolutely. And when the opportunity presents itself, you're there to capitalize yep. mm -hmm. and win that thing, dude. Like, that's, that's so true. Incredible. Like almost just gives me chills even thinking about it because it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, man. Well, and you can probably relate to that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's, def that's somebody who, I mean, shit, man, he's had the highest of highs and he's had some of the lowest of lows and his last Since, few years have been fucking tough that's what i mean i mean he's he's you know he's been up there and then his last couple of years he really hasn't yeah. so but you that know, was sick to see again like what you just said is he's somebody who he has never lost that mentality of like dude i have it and you guys can think whatever you want but i've got it i know i do it doesn't take long for people to start questioning that you mm -hmm. know it happens very, very quickly. Right. You know, like right. people start to doubt one weekend of yeah. a bad race, you know, and only as good as your last, yeah, which I get it. I understand that. That's life. That's how mm. everything works. Business, yep. sports, it doesn't matter. But at the same time, if you're the athlete or you're the person, you're the CEO or whatever you mm. are, you don't, you don't, if you're at that level, but you can't listen or buy into that because I mean, just cause people say it doesn't mean it's true. And yeah. also, if you believed and if you could even get swayed that way, you wouldn't be where you're at. Right. Hell no. You yep. know, and right. like DR is gnarly, dude. He's won, he's won races before. Once you've won races or won at whatever you're doing, deep in there, man, you still believe that you can do it again. You, you win know, one, you can win again. you've done yep. it, so you know you can do it. You know, yep. you've proved it already to yourself. Right. One, it's funny, too, because I feel like a lot of the people that doubt you it once you make something of it and they have a reason not to doubt you anymore then they become a fan and then it's like well if i'd fucking listen to you i wouldn't be where i'm at and you wouldn't be my fan so right. it's like how's that work <laughs> i mean there's beauty in that too though. there is you know like, there is it's, it's motivation part of it, and it, it is motivating or you can just you know you, you got to take all that stuff with a grain of salt either way yeah. but i mean it's even like the instagram thing like some dude commented on my instagram yesterday and said like some smart ass comment about me Maybe I shouldn't be making music and throwing whips and all this, and I should be trying to win. And I was mm -hmm. like, I just answered. I was like, Yeah, dude, I'm trying. Like, you know, yeah. I was just, How about I, was both? Like, I was like, Yeah, whatever. Like, he was trying to be a dick, but I was like, Yeah, no, I feel you, honestly. Like, right. you're right. Like, I'm not winning. It's not fun for me either. And then he replied back with like, how he respected me more now. And he was <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. Your response I, was not what he was. No, he was not I didn't respond it. like all pissed off. Fuck but you, I'm like, yeah. well, dude, like whatever. Bro. The fact that you gave him the time of day and you and were respectful about it, you were respectful about it then. Well, the, and that's the thing is unfortunately like, you know, we've all heard this how many times and I'm sure you've heard this a countless number of times. Like, you know, for somebody to go on to somebody else's Instagram post and comment something shitty or negative like is probably, you know, for one, not killing it in their life. You know what I mean? Probably aren't out working towards winning any championship and anything. You know, I I think I heard it on a Joe Rogan podcast, but, you know, the type of, think about the type of person to go leave a negative comment on a YouTube video. 
Like I know I that don't, takes work. Like anybody, <laughs> I've never commented on a YouTube video no, because I don't even know how. I don't even know how to do it. And, <laughs> right. I just, and I have a YouTube channel, like, and I still don't know how to do it. And anybody Seriously. to you know, for anybody to like take the time to write something shitty or negative yeah, like, who on a hurt YouTube you? video, like, <laughs> I don't. But that's the thing, though. Everybody dude. I know is everybody I know that is pretty successful or that is trying to do something in their life. None of those motherfuckers have time to go leave a negative comment on a YouTube right. video. We have time. Have we, time. Time. we have but time. We have time for a lot of things, but I mean, but that's not. not you, hey, you ever flown to a race? Right. You got a lot of airport you time. Got a lot of airport right. time. But, but that's not. I'm gonna start trolling people. Exactly. Fuck it. But that's not how you. You know, that's not. But how like you what use he just time. said, though. Like, oh, who hurt you? But honestly, like, uh, who? people. But people are dealing with stuff. Yeah, like, everyone's people got are hurt. Like things happen to people, and they maybe don't have an outlet to to get that out. So they lash out. Yeah. So you lash out at someone you don't know that you can't see, that you can't see the reaction, and you can't see that. Maybe that hurts them too. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, like it, it always, we're all human beings. So you can say like, oh, I don't care or whatever. And yeah, to an extent you don't care, but you're a human. If someone's like, yo, eat shit and die. Why do you have a ride? Give a ride to someone else. You suck. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're a human dude. Right. Like you feel that. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, it's almost like it's a big exercise in patience and growth, but just having trying to have some compassion because if you respond negatively it's just going to fuel the fire and yep. maybe they're even right. they're even more fired up but then if you respond back with like honestly there's a little bit of truth in what you're saying like i'm not naive enough to think that i'm perfect yeah i'm right. not crazy enough to think that i got it all figured out cuz i don't yep so there's a little bit of truth in what right. some of the a lot of the hate and a lot of the comments mm-hmm. there's a little truth in a lot of it so just kind of try to understand that like yo people are going through some stuff like whatever bro if you need to try to see their side if you need to lash out at somebody and, and even <laughs> if i don't see their side because i likely won't because i'm nah. just not really built like that right but i mean do your thing dude i, right. I can i've been through a lot of shit in my life i've I can, heard worse i can handle it you know what i mean yeah. i can be the punching bag and if it makes you feel better that's fine with me and at the end of the day i mean again he whoever you know whoever this is probably a lot of people out there you know, they probably have zero idea that you're one going to see it, two, you're even going to reply. So, you know, Homeboy probably commented that, just figured that he was just going to be another Having comment. Having a bad day. Right. He was just going to be another comment on your post. And and for you to reply to him, you know, he was probably like, fuck, that was sick. You like probably I, turned his day around. Right. Honestly. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't expect Bogle to reply to me. Like, he was probably jazzed off that, you know, so... I will say too, like for me, me personally, I don't know because I'm not logged into anyone else's social media, but yeah, I've been very, very fortunate for some reason, like my fan base and the people that follow me and the people that interact because I, I, I'm pretty, pretty heavy with that on like Instagram, especially like yeah. I'll, I'll talk to a lot of most of the people. goes you know? a long ways, man. Fan interaction. And yeah. I mean, and I enjoy it too. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's people that I've done that with that i've been talking to on there for five six years you know like it's cool you almost like become friends like it's it's cool but at the same time i've been so lucky because 99 percent of all the interaction on my social media is positive right Right. you know and i know it's not like that for everybody so when i say this stuff like i'm not getting like constant you're not getting a bunch of hate messages and shit i'm not getting constant hate you know so I'm very thankful for that. And obviously it can turn around and change at yeah. any point. You never know. But after this podcast, you're just going to get a whole bunch yeah, of whatever. Hey, fuck but, you, dude. <laughs> but at the same time, it could happen. I'm very fortunate because 
for some reason, man, the, the fans and, and like the young kids that follow me and that, that are fans of me, they're like, they've been pretty ride or die with all of us, man. Yeah. Like everyone, like anyone that's like repping Packy MH stuff, they like rock with them. And it's, yep. it's, that's a really, really cool thing, man. Well, I mean, I've been in, I've been involved in this sport in a long time for a long time. And I mean, not, you know, not to blow you here, but I personally don't know anybody who doesn't like you. Like I don't, I, <laughs> I get to those eyebrows. <laughs> I, I get to this point every fucking episode where I'm sucking the guest off. But at least it's never me. I'm just because <laughs> you ain't got nothing good to suck off, brother. No, uh, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm just loyal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but honestly, like I'd, I've never met anybody who hasn't liked you. And again, you know, and not just the sport, but every sport. Like what we were saying before, it's you know, it's kind of cutthroat if you are doing good and then you aren't doing as good anymore fans usually will just write you off but you know i think a lot of it has to do with your personality i think you have quite a bit more personality than a lot of the dudes on the gate and again you do you know good with social media and you're interactive and and another thing that you know i wanted to jump into was you're i think people appreciate when you know somebody is not only into like one thing right so like it's obviously sick that like people like ferrandis and tomac you know they dedicate their entire lives to do this like that's all they do they eat sleep drink moto and that's super respectable but you know we've talked about it on here a bunch of times like we think it's fucking rad how roxon goes out and surfs all the time and it's cool to see you know dudes like you have other interests and have like other shit that you're into and think is cool. So like for you to do the music thing, like, you know, that's super relatable to a lot of people because everybody likes music. Right. So, you know, there's probably a shitload more kids that appreciate you more because again, your style and you know, your music thing and your style on the bike. And, you know, again, it's easier to, to be a fan of you rather than, some dudes that don't have any personality if that makes sense yeah and i i think it's kind of hard to hate on someone that just that you can just see is like so passionate mm-hmm. about something i think sure. too like i love music man i love making music i love it i'm not the best at it never will be but i love it yep you know and same thing with writing like it's it's hard because i think i've proven myself that i want to be out there you know i've been through some stuff and i keep coming back so it's hard to really knock that you know so i think and with the music thing too man like i don't know maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea and that's fine that's not what i'm doing it for i'm not trying to be a a, a rapper or making music or whatever. that's what makes you happy but but i love it and every everyone has a hobby right just because i don't golf <clears throat> like every other person that rides dirt bikes bummer <laughs> like you know what i mean like they, everyone has something that they do besides racing right whether, you know, you're talking about like Eli and them, like Eli does stuff too, you know, he, he mountain hunts bikes. and he, right. mountain bikes. he does all that kind of, whatever. <laughs> yep. Like he does other things too, as every single person on earth does. Dylan might be different. I don't think Dylan does. Uh, yeah. I think Dylan might be the only person, Ferrandis might be the only person that is just all, 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 all in. But again, it's hard to not respect that because I respect the I mean, look at what he just did. Oh, at, absolutely. Look at what he just did. Right. We, we were all in the first corner this last weekend and I had to stop in it because I was, I got a terrible start and I was behind him and I took off a little ways before he did. And, uh, 
I see him coming. I hear that Yamaha coming behind me, and Fucking I was like, eats. I looked back, and I was like, <laughs> have it, brother. <laughs> see you later. Go around, dude, because I'm trying to get. I think I made it up to like seventh or something, and this dude got on the box yeah. from yeah. that. You know, like you yeah. you have to respect it because he's he's gnarly and he earned that championship, man. 100%. Yeah, he pretty much. It. I mean, that's like as close to dominating as you can in a field like this. Right. Like no one should have dominated anything. No, no one. Should and have dominated he fucking that. he never missed a podium. And he was that's insane. just very consistent. And obviously, you can tell. I mean. Jimmy Button, we have the same agent. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I know for a fact that that dude is, like, extremely dedicated. Yeah. yeah. You know, everything in his life is that. So I'm a bit envious of that sometimes because I, I just can't function that way, you know? Right. And there's been times I've tried. I've, I tried it for a couple of years, and I got very unhappy. And fitness-wise, I got a lot worse. I was doing so much stuff. I, I wasn't mm -hmm. better. And... I had to switch the program up a little bit and start being myself again because I was getting really burnt out. But some people aren't aren't like that. You know, right. they're not gonna get burnt out. Or I am. You know, I gotta go home and you know, yodel in a microphone and try to make it sound cool. So right. I don't know, man. I I need other things to I'm I'm a creative type of person as well. Like I, I need creativity in my life. I need change. I need all of that like i've moved a lot yeah and I, I i get a little boost from it you know and i i need to be able to express myself i think i think i start to like i'm gonna like combust if i don't like i'm gonna explode if i don't like express myself and like mm -hmm. get all this stuff out because i think i i feel a lot like i'm not emotional like like i'm a chump don't get it twisted <laughs> but I'm emotional, like I, I feel a lot, yeah. you know? And, and I think that fuels a lot of what I do as well. Like whatever end of the spectrum it is, you know, that'll, when you're down in it, like you can get back out of it because you can get very, I can get very like determined one way or the other, you know? Yep. But I have a lot going on in this little miniature brain of mine and I uh, need to get that stuff out, man, because I think if I don't, I will go absolutely crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. The best way for me to do it is music because if you can, I'm pretty open in that stuff too, you know, and that's scary and kind of hard to do to like be vulnerable, you know, like right. I'm a pro athlete. I don't want people thinking that I'm, you know, like weak or anything, but yep. I uh, just talk about what I'm going through and whatever. And if people like it, cool. If they don't, that's fine. But I literally have to do it. Right. You right. Know? You can't bottle it up. You just fucking I can't bottle it up. Implode. I, I have to, I have to make something of it mm -hmm. you know i have all this i have all this energy and all this feeling and things that like i feel like i would be way worse at my job mm -hmm. and i'd be no fun to be around and nobody wants that so yep. gotta get it out some way so i understand that people like i said there's truth in all of it like i get it like oh maybe you shouldn't be trying to make music and actually try to win well yes i would absolutely love to be winning like it's been a long time and it sucks not winning but I need to do other things too, man. Well, right. yeah, they go they go hand in hand for you. You yeah. know, it takes one to do the other. Yeah, you're not and, happy. And you're with, not going fast with riding as well. Like I have mm -hmm. to during the week. Like I have to do if I'm done with my motos. Like I need to go play around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I need to go throw a couple whips or do right. something like to just have a little fun. And I get that little boost and remind myself like ah, I love this, this is why we ride. Yeah, I love yeah this. exactly. This is why we do this. I love doing motos. Like I I really do love laps. 
but like I, I don't like doing like sections i don't like doing sprints really like yep. it's never really been my jam I, mm-hmm. I like just doing laps i like flowing and not really putting extra like effort into it like the people i looked up to is like stefan everts and people like that you know like right. robbie rayner taught me a lot like i lived with him for years and he was beautiful to watch ride like that's what inspires me so getting reminded of that every now and then and being able to just be myself and do that and if i'm five seconds off during the week it is what it is because it's not gonna mess me up mentally because right. like i i'm fine i'll still go to the weekend and still think that i can <laughs> win probably yep. you know so it's not like i i lack or, or I lose confidence from from that. I get confidence from just being me, right? You know, when you suppress all that stuff and you start dressing different or acting different or not making music because people are gonna judge me or people are gonna, oh man, someone's gonna talk shit. Think like, that you're too yeah. distracted. They're gonna talk shit either way. Exactly. You know, you just <laughs> you can't please everybody. You're, you're never ever gonna please everybody. So mm-hmm. just do your thing, man. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. And that's what I mean. That you having that mentality is honestly what keeps me to believe that you can still go out and win like you know there's for somebody like you there's a lot of different ways that it could go right like um because you clearly have the talent it you know that's why my question always kind of falls back to like all right well this guy's already done it you know he's continuing to keep trying to do it so like where is this motivation at that's Mm -hmm. you know for all you guys that can go out in top 10 any weekend any one of you guys can win. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's been like that for a while. Um, but again, it's, you know, I always see it as who wants it the most out of that top 10 or whose mindset is the best on that day out of that top 10, you know? So, you know, it's always interesting for, you know, people like me to hear like what, you know, what keeps this guy going? What keeps this guy, is this guy able to still win, you know, or is he, just doing That's this to be question right there. <laughs> right. But again, you know that, you know, I'm no expert on anything for that matter. But again, you know, hearing you talk the way that you are, I would listen to that and be like, well, fuck this guy could still do it. Like he just needs to be on a, on the right program and then the right mindset on that day. And mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's nothing from the sound of it that, you know, takes you out of the question of still winning. You don't sound like you're... Yeah. Well, I think with some people, maybe they're a little bit hindered by their like lack of confidence mm-hmm. or their their mindset, where I think for me, I've not really struggled with that much. Like, obviously, I have. we all have insecurities. We all have times where we lack confidence. Like, that's human being stuff. But I've never in my life since I was six years old doubted my ability on a motorcycle. Like, as crazy as that sounds, I've never, ever doubted just my ability to ride a motorcycle. So I think that kind of carries me through a lot just because I know, like, I can do a lot of stuff on a motorcycle that's not super normal. I know I have something, whether I it's a gift, I don't know, yep. to be able just to ride. Like, I, I don't have a gift with fitness, clearly. Like, we can see that. Like, <laughs> bro, my fitness has been so bad. Like, I've had this Epstein bar issue for like three years. But luckily for me, I have great people around me. Yep. And I have people that are helping me get all that stuff sorted this off season, just changing a lot of stuff with my life, you know, diet, nutrition, lifestyle stuff, like just all of it, you know, not having 
shitty relationships, not having distractions like that, that just take a lot out of you, like emotionally, mentally, all of that. So I'm doing a lot of work, man. And that's the thing is I, I think I still have that confidence at this point because I'm fuck, man, I'll do whatever I got to do. Like I, I'm not scared to do whatever it is, but yes, I do have that confidence. And I know that's, it's why like the one summer I whole shot like seven out of eight motos mm-hmm. that I raced and I finished like 12th. but But every time you lined up but in my head i'm like but you knew you're better than everyone on the start i'm like dude if i hole shot though like you never know i could i could get on the box today right right. that's in my head every time and even like at at hangtown like last weekend i was like i qualified i think i was p5 in both practices and i was like doesn't matter to me who's there and who isn't because i understand like a lot of people are out yep but you got to be there you got to be there and at the same time like i i'm not going to think about that because that's that seems really odd when people say that a lot. And they're yeah. like always talking about that. It's like, well, do you think you're not going to do it if everyone's there? Like, I don't right. understand why you're even bringing that up. But right. I, so I'm like, dude, if I could get a start, you know, who knows? Yep. And mm-hmm. obviously I didn't. I, I was in like seventh first lap and I rickied off the track. I like, went, I kept <laughs> going. I didn't turn on the off camber, get back on the track in like 36. Then I was like, sick, this is going to be fun. This definitely didn't go how I expected. Not what I planned <laughs> at all but i did so uh, much cooler in my head (laughs) i seen a uh, practice clip from qualifying too i don't even remember where i seen it and it's it's funny that i even remember this because i don't even know if we had talked at this point about having you on but i remember literally watching that practice clip and your your form on starts is just so good you fucking lock your legs in to the bottom of the bike so good and uh i literally thought to myself i'm like bogle's gonna fucking hole shot today just that off too. that practice clip i was like he's he's got it oh i think i know which one you're talking about yeah i know which one you're talking about too but dude it's so weird i've always been good at starts like throughout my whole career i've whole shot like a lot every year oh yeah you know which like some people like benny bloss was my teammate for mm-hmm. a couple of years and obviously we trained together at Raynards, and he never got a i don't think he's ever got a whole shot in his career mm-hmm. and i'm like that's crazy to me because i like I got so many of them in my career, right? <laughs> They're right. just normal for no, me. Like, <laughs> it, it, like I know that how that sounds, but at a certain point, right. I didn't even think about it. Like right. I remember being teammates with uh, Trey Kennard the one year, my rookie year on 450s, and he's like, "What do you do? Like, what are you thinking of?" I'm like, "Bro, I don't think. I just I don't know. Let's I just do it. It's whatever. I just I don't I don't practice starts. Like I just do it. But in the last couple of years, I have struggled bad." Right. I feel like, I mean, I, last year I don't really remember a lot, but like I feel like this year was definitely your worst year of starting. It was, Horrible, hands down because like i mean everyone knows you as a great starter like mm-hmm. always every doesn't matter jgr ktm honda didn't matter you were always up front yeah especially the one year on rocky mountain i think is when you got the the first year on rocky mountain wasn't it when you got or was that rch that was they got eight out of that was a seven, J, jgr year or suzuki right yeah, yeah, and, yeah okay. and at rch i got a lot of really good starts too and what was jgr and then obviously i was at geico for like six seven years and i got mm-hmm. quite a few whole shots and the last like the last two years have been bad I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really know, whatever. I'll figure it out in the off season, but yeah, I would go up there thinking I'm going right. to rip it and I just wouldn't. So, so besides, you know, besides that, because again, you just said you don't really roll up to the line with a game plan or anything like that. But, you know, for anybody listening who, you know, races locally or however, you know, and they struggle with starts, what, what is something that you can give away for a hint that you know like even like i said how the way you squeeze the bike is i I don't know if it just looks super sick or 
you know what <laughs> i mean it's definitely effective yeah some I mean, cycling I'm, legs I'm, man i'm sure it keeps the bike a little bit straighter <laughs> like but that always used to tell me like <laughs> hunker down like don't don't stop kissing the number plate until you're like right. out there right you know so i could maybe have used that advice a little bit more often this year but i think you know what my favorite thing is to tell people when they ask about that kind of thing for advice mm -hmm. on like riding stuff i'm like so what i did was i watched the people that i thought was the coolest yeah right and then i kind of tried to emulate what i could out of it you can't match everything everyone does like if i could i would have been james stewart right but you can't do that so i think if you watch like say if you picked up on and liked how like i squeeze the bike with like my legs and where my feet are at try to do that see how like stay over the front these mm -hmm. days it doesn't matter if it's a 250 450 the bikes are unreal fast right way too fast honestly so the thing will wheelie even if you have the whole shot device sit the wheel. 190 millimeters yeah dude you could have the i actually was talking about that during the week last week with him i'm like look how far down justin's fucking button is right like that thing's three quarters of the fort guard literally <laughs> it, it breaks off sometimes because yeah. it's so low but you need you got to stay over the front of the bike that's like the biggest mm -hmm. thing for sure one of my buddies back home he races a lot right now like locally he's getting into it he's i think he's a beginner class but he's it's so cool man so it's honestly so inspiring he's having so much fun he's he's racing every weekend he rides during the week and uh didn't ride growing up none of that like we went to high school together but it's really cool to see but i was watching some starts with him like all right dude we invested in like you know graphics and stuff we need a whole shot device because <laughs> that that's gonna be tough like right, we're yeah. struggling on the stars we're trying to figure it out we need a whole shot device that's gonna cause a lot uh, oh yeah it'll fix a lot of the issues there for sure yeah so. it's funny because right when he started racing again i told him that he's like oh i'm going racing this weekend i go in hell and i look at his bike i'm like bro you got a whole shot device he's like oh fuck do i need one i'm like I mean, yes. yeah yeah you do <laughs> that's do. probably more important than you know uh graphics yeah, anything else bike looks sick but you ain't got a whole shot device i did pull every whole shot, shot that weekend too yeah see what's up there you go. <laughs> it is funny though because like even on starting i like watching a few different people and kind of take the best from each you know because it's like i feel like it's with anything the same thing doesn't always work for everybody like i've seen you start and i've literally tried to do the exact same thing whether it looks like that on camera or not and like it sometimes worked for me sometimes wouldn't like what actually worked for me most was like the vince freeze approach where like kind of real upright and fall into it but but what you just but said, that doesn't work for a lot vince of people vince crushes the starts uh, yeah, he's, he's always up front but i right. can't start that way that's what i'm saying it's, just, it's watch, weird if you watch cooper he crushes the starts yeah. doesn't start like me at all he almost doesn't move at all he kind of just sits in the middle and like stays his, there his feet are on the pegs as soon as he's over the gate like he's i can't hold my, i can't pick up my feet that way quick. different style of doing it mm -hmm. so that's where it's tough trying to explain to people what to do you kind of you, you really can't you can have a base idea but you you need guidance it's like life yeah. you need guidance but no one can just like tell you the rules and how to do it because right. there's not any right like the way i do it is way different than vince right. freeze but vince freeze crushes starts too. i know so it's I don't know. You kind of have to figure it out yourself and find out what works, but that's the best way to learn anything in life is trial and error. And it that's, is. That's how I worked. My parents, my parents both had jobs growing up. I never really had time to practice during the week. Mm -hmm. I went to school. Um, I didn't have a riding coach until I was, you know, almost off super minis, but I always have kind of ridden the same way, mm -hmm. but it's because that stuff's kind of natural, whatever, how your body's made up, how you, feel on the bike like the way you sit on it the way everything is like it's very like personal so right. your style is personal because we're not the same and racing a dirt bike is a lot different because you see all of it 
like you see the person like you can see that where my feet are on the gate like you can't see where lewis hamilton's feet are in the car like right you know so wide the fuck open <laughs> yes that thing's got some grip i think but yeah it's that party mode party mode <laughs> but i think you kind of have to learn for yourself just from trial and error and that's the best way experience is the only way you learn and that's why you don't get good at any of this stuff unless you put in your 10,000 times 10 hours right you know you gotta you gotta just man all i ever wanted to do was ride growing up man it's a lifetime of hurt it's all i ever wanted to do so i loved it so much i loved watching it like i watched every race from like 1980 through current stuff when i was a kid like i just wanted to know everything about it i wanted to see everything i could find i wanted to read everything i could read and that's i think a big i think i maybe naturally had like a gift to be able to have some talent to ride. I think a lot of us have that at the professional level. We are all like that. You know, yeah. we're all good. We've all been 250 supercross champions. You know, we've all yeah. been, we've all won Loretta's like we've all done that. So we're all at that same level of like God given ability. But I think that you get good, like great by just being so just enamored by something that you just want to know everything about it. And it's yep. all you can think about. And that's just something it's an obsession. That it's an obsession. And that's something that just has to happen naturally. Mm -hmm. Like if you love something, you can't not love that thing. Like you, it right. doesn't matter. Like the heart, but then you can't it force wants, it on bro. somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. No, you can't force it on people for sure. Like right. my dad never forced it on me at all. Never. When I was super young, people would be like, dude, why are you like, why are you making him like jump that? And he's like, are you kidding me? I don't want him to jump that. <laughs> Kid's a psychopath. Did he race? You're done? He rode, he raced like a couple times. Okay. But he rode like his whole life, you know, like just for fun. Him and his buddies all had dirt bikes, but never really anything else. And then when I started racing, we weren't going to go very far. We weren't going to do much, just kind of have fun with it. And then it didn't take long for him to kind of realize like, oh, all right, well, I guess he loves it and he's pretty good at it already. Like we're going to have to start doing this. So yeah, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have a riding coach or nothing. Right. Cause my dad didn't know anything at all about it, dude. Like he <laughs> twist the grip. <laughs> he, uh, he still complains about it to this day. Like he shattered his ankle, uh, a couple years before I was born looping out on a triple. <laughs> so like not a supercross triple, like I'm talking like at a local track, like, oh, know, okay. like a normal, like, like a local track that was in Oklahoma. He like looped out on this jump and shattered his ankle. So like, I didn't have any guidance as far as that goes. Like my dad was just like, you know, man up, be tough, do yep. as good as you can. And as long as you're doing as good as you can, I'm never going to be mad at you. And, and if you're winning, throw a hill clicker, do a knack knack or something. <laughs> do something cool. Yeah. Nowadays he loves that shit. He's like, yeah. Oh yeah. So when did, I told him to do that. When <laughs> did racing start to become serious for you? Like at what age were your parents like, all right, we're, going full into this i'd say honestly we started taking it pretty serious like when i was like it's weird though because like me talking about taking it serious like when i was six years old we started going to some amateur nationals and we went to lake whitney and i got second in the 50 class which that was a big race back in the day yeah it was i mean it was one of the big ones and i think i won the first moto didn't know anything like like my parents weren't rich. Like they gave me everything I needed in life and I never lacked love or support. But like we went to that race and me and my dad were sleeping in like 
and like we had a camper shell in the back of like an F-150. Uh-huh. We were sleeping in that. Yeah. You know, and it was just looking back like that's so fire to like know that that's like you can do it with whatever. Like well, when that's where will, it started. Way, man. Yeah. Like, you don't need anything crazy fancy to be great. Like you just you just got to want it and be good. So, yeah, man, we started going to some amateur races then. And then this would have been in 2000. So I was six, six years old. Um, I won my regional and then I went to Loretta's and I didn't do that great. I think I got like 13th. And so we were, I guess, taking it serious then because I'm doing amateur nationals right. and stuff, but I didn't really take it serious, like for real until I was on super minis. Cause I, I went to school through high school. So I never really got to just like dive in and, and ride and train and do all the mm-hmm. stuff that all the other kids were doing. Kind of eased into it. No shit. So you weren't homeschooled the whole high school no, career. I graduated from Cushing High School in Cushing, gotcha. Oklahoma. I think that says a lot for, I mean, we, we had Cody Shock on here not too long ago and, and he was talking about how he didn't get homeschooled. He graduated right. high school too. And I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids and parents nowadays, I feel like think that that's the only way to go. And especially when I was a kid, every single kid was homeschooled and yeah. going to a training facility or MTF or something when yep. they were, you know, 10, 11. It's just hard old. to have a social life and be a social person. Like you're not, you're not, you're not going to No. But also I turned pro at barely 18. I went right. to high school and I literally went to high school. Like I didn't like do some weird stuff where I went half a day mm-hmm. and I got some special treatment. Right. Like I went to high school, dude. Like, so it's not like, Oh man, I was going to miss out on something. Like, soon as I graduated high school, I started winning everything in amateurs. And then I got a deal and went pro like shortly thereafter, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean, I don't think I wouldn't have changed none of that because I wouldn't have turned pro any sooner either way. Right. Right. So I don't I know. And like, what, what's the rush? <laughs> what's the rush? And I mean, you look at like, like kitchen right now, like kids mm-hmm. gnarly. He's talented. He's fun to watch ride. Dude. He's, he's older. Right. You know, he's like 20. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't matter. Well, and like Jet's kind of like a once in a generation type of kid. It's someone like Jet, like you know he's I mean? he's young, but the way that they came through was just he different. He was brought up different. Right. It was different, you know, mm-hmm. like America, we're not we're not on the same wavelength as them with no. that kind of stuff, man. We're especially in recent years, like things are it's gotten a bit I think off axis in amateurs. Yeah. I think when I was growing up I think I have like an instinct for racing because I never really got to practice, but I raced every mm-hmm. weekend somewhere. Yeah. We were driving to Texas or Missouri or, you know, I was racing. Oklahoma had a strong scene when I was a kid and I'd race every weekend. Some races were almost kind of your practice. Like you were practicing yeah. during racing. But so. I was, well, it probably made you mentally think like, Hey, I just got to show up and perform. Exactly. Like, and it teaches you to like, just figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's like sink or swim yep. every time. And I'm not yep. going to go out there like and that. sink because like, my I want to win and mm. my dad is spending all of his money for me to do all this. He's like getting up at five to go to work every day and then coming home and trying to get all the stuff ready so we can go race on the weekend. Like I don't want to let him down. Like, you know what I mean? So like you just have to figure it out. And when you're a kid, you you wanna you wanna make your dad proud and you wanna Absolutely. So like I didn't want to let him down. I wanted to be and I just wanted to win, dude. Like something in me. Like right. and I me and Colt Nichols like been best friends since we were super, super young kids and I raced him every weekend growing up. And I also think like we were talking earlier, things that you go through in your life shapes how you are in relationships. It shapes how you are in like the public eye, all of that kind of stuff. Right. Me and Colt were best friends and we would have the gnarliest, like knockdown drag out battles every weekend, like tooth and nail, dude. Like I would have, he was a little bit better than me when we were young, like on 
60s, but I beat him a lot because I was willing to die for it. Right. <laughs> Even if it was like right. a, at an Oklahoma State Series race, I was willing to die for it. That's how bad I wanted to win. And But we would get off the track and we're best friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's all good. All the way up until like two years ago, or four or five years ago when I moved up to 450s, like it never changed. So I'm not, I don't have to like hate my competition, you know, but I think it's because right. growing up, my best friend was my main competition. Right. Right. And well, that's kind of how it should be. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, off the track, everyone should be friends. Like yeah, everyone's I, so bitter. I don't understand that. I, I do get that some people have to do that. Yeah. But it's, it's personality yeah. types. It's all that same stuff. Yeah. I, I can't go to the gate knowing I hate everybody <laughs> and like enjoy it at all. Like, no, it's just, that almost makes it like too serious. Right. It's just like, like, right. I don't know. You just seem like you're just. I don't know. It just seems like really corny to me to have to like hate your competition. It's right. like, I just, I've never even been that way. I'm like, yo, if, if you're better than me, you'll beat me. Right. If right. I'm better Best than man you, win. <laughs> I'll beat you. Like I'm, I'm not like going to do any weird stuff because, or get all pissed off about it. Like, you know what? On that topic this weekend, dude, Surratt absolutely crushed it. Right. He kicked he ass, dude. And shout I, out to Surratt. Cause bro, he fucking killed it. And I like that kid. He, he's got a cool style and, yep. and he's a good kid. And, I pulled off the track second moto like I had to work to catch up to him like I got a bad mm -hmm. start I had to work to catch up to him and I passed him and I I pulled him a bit at the end but then I like I slowed way down on the last lap and I was in no man's land so I was just finishing the race and after the race I stopped and I like waited and I was like I grabbed him and I was like dude kid hell of a job today like right. seventh overall bro that's like nuts but that was but that's cool that's like you got to give credit where it's due as mm -hmm. well like as a man if you're that insecure and like unsure of yourself that you can't compliment another man tell, tell that dude like yo you you did awesome bro right, like that right. was good job like obviously if you're battling for a championship you're not gonna be like oh dude i'm so happy for you but right you know what i mean but like at the same time you shake that man's hand and look him in the eye and say right. congrats you were the better man right you know like i mean it wasn't even close when i lost the championship when i lost the number one plate in 2015 in supercross but first thing i did was walk up to marvin and shake his hand and congrats. look him in the eye and say dude right you were the better man. You deserved it. Right. You know, I tried my ass off and you beat me. So congrats. But I'm, you know, trying not to let that happen again. So just know that. But just uh, Ricky Bobby, just know I'm coming for you. I'm yeah. coming for you. But yeah. I don't know, man. All that other stuff. It ain't that. It is that serious, though. It is. It mm. really is. This is our whole entire livelihood. This is the only thing that I have. Yeah. You know, I don't have a, another, I don't have a backup plan. You know what I mean? I don't have like a family business to run. I don't have any of that kind of stuff. Like this is what I have. Right. So it is that serious. And that's why it's, it's tough sometimes, but that stress stuff will kill you quicker than anything. So yeah, try not to dive down that rabbit hole too much, but I mean, it's tough not to be that serious, man. I get it when people are that serious, like Dylan, man, he came across the world to do this. Right. You know, like left, a his, lot of left his friends and family, left his and friends, his family. Like I know how it feels just going across the country, across the country from my <laughs> yeah. family and friends. Like it's, I'm a three hour plane ride from my parents, yeah. but I still sometimes get mm -hmm. a little homesick, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I can respect it because shit, dude, it, it, it is that serious, man. It is. It's just important stuff. And all of us grow mm -hmm. up our whole lives wanting this. And when you want something that bad, you'll do damn near whatever for it. So I get it. 
Are you sick of going to your local motorsports store and getting ripped off? Our guys over at mxboot.com got you covered. They hooked us up with a promo code to get you guys set up with some freshies. Use code INSIDERS at checkout for 10% off your next purchase of a new or used pair of boots. Their one-of-a-kind boot trade-in program allows you to get the most boot for your buck. Trade in any brand towards a new or used pair of boots in their inventory. Just send a few pictures of your boots to them on Instagram or Facebook, mxboot.com, to get an instant trade-in value. And check this out. A full line of Alpine Stars are available featuring the Tech 10s, Tech 7s, and Youth Tech 7s in tons of colors and sizes. Make sure to follow mxboot.com on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date with the latest news like limited edition drops, used inventory, and featured deals. Definitely hit up mxboot.com. We use them for all of our needs. So hit up mxboot.com for all your needs. That was fucking hard. So change it up a little bit. What what is your kind of take and your opinion on you know amateur racing nowadays compared to what amateur racing was in your time and even you know to professional racing and what it is now and you know i think um again i see everything from like a marketing standpoint um so there's a lot of things that i see when i watch pro motocross and i'm like fuck i wish they would do a lot better at this and you know Mm -hmm. um so like you know as one of the entertainers what is what's your opinion on all that how do you see it i think i said this the other day too i think that it the sport in itself i don't think a lot of people think we need to change all this stuff and do all this wonky stuff and i i don't think that's the right move yep because this then it's not what it is it's not what i love if we make it weird and start changing stuff. Yeah. But I do think that like if you're saying from the marketing side of things, it's marketing, dude. That's really all it is. Right. Like think about what Supercross was in 1991 and then think about what it was in 1999. You know, drastically different thing. Right. And the only reason really, yes, there was more sponsors coming in and all that, but the reason for that was Jeremy McGrath. Right. But Jeremy McGrath was larger than life. He was the definition of cool yeah you know and then you had like the battles with fro and you had all these other guys there's so many of these personalities and they're all different people had badass nicknames back then like yeah you know, no one has those anymore we had the, the king fuck? we had yogi <laughs> we had all this cool stuff man you know so <clears throat> like this stuff is real so it's not wrestling yeah it's real so you can't fake any of that stuff yeah but you know if somebody like like myself with my personality like it could be marketed a certain way, you know, and somebody with even like on the other end of that spectrum, like an Eli, like just because he's different from me, like what he brings to the table, even off the bike, like there's a lot of people that feel like that. And there's a lot of people like him out there. So yep. you can tell the stories, but the problem is you got to tell them correctly. Yep. Cause if you don't, then it it's, it's almost like making it worse mm-hmm. cause then it just comes off really corny. But it has to like it has to just be genuine. I think the main thing is that everything that goes on just has to be real. Yep. It has to be just genuine. No BS. You're not faking anything. I'm just being me. Yep. And if that can be marketed, cool. If it can't, okay, maybe I'm not meant for that. Yep. But if if it can and I am, then awesome. Like I'm down right. for that. But I think if you market it correctly, I think that's really the only thing that it that it's missing because it's it's so damn cool. It's dangerous. It's like exciting. It's, right. It's fast. It's, it's, it's fast. It's all this gnarly stuff. Like 
they're going so fast you're jumping crazy jumps you're right dudes are battling with heart rate in the red for 35 minutes like yeah when you look at like what's actually happening like gas break shifter front break back break you know here the moment heart rate's 200 like how none of that should even make sense you right. can't even simulate that heart rate mm -hmm. doing anything else in the world like you can't go to the gym and simulate that heart rate for 30 minutes it doesn't work there's like nothing you can do to simulate no. it. It's, it's honestly just, it's a crazy thing. It is. It, it, it really does make sense Like when you it's think a, about it's it. It's a really crazy thing. Like You can kind of understand a lot of sports. You can kind of understand like cars and stuff like <clears throat> that. But what we do is nuts. Right. Yeah. We, we have no cage. We're like super vulnerable. And there's outdoors. There's 40 of us going for the same little spot in the first corner. And we're on these motorcycles that are so damn fast. And then we're jumping 150 feet some races. Like, dude, this stuff is nuts. Yeah. Right. The track is bumpy. It's crazy. Like, there's all these people. There's the heart rate being up. You're physically exhausted by the end of the moto, yeah. and you still got to push through it. Like, right. it's really badass, you know? It is. And I think where our sport goes wrong a little bit is, like, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to have a podcast was, you know, because there's really not a platform where a lot of these guys, you know, including you get to really showcase your personality. You know what I mean? Cause on TV and whatnot, you really don't get to see the guys with their helmets off very much, you know? So minus a couple interviews here and there, which, you know, sponsors, that's all you hear. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? like nowadays the way it is, you know, the teams kind of want you to say certain things and you know, it's, it's all kind of, it's not played out, but you know, um, it's a tough position because you don't, no one wants to do that. Yeah. And that's like mm -hmm. the thing that sucks because for the fans, they don't like that either. But like, I know. you don't really have a choice, you know, like those right. guys are paying your bills. And that's, that's the corporate part of it. But that's kinda. literally in the contract. Like if you want this mm -hmm. amount of money for this team, you have to do yeah. it. We to need something back. Like, right. And with that, like, well, duh, you, nothing's for free. Mm -hmm. Of course you need to do something for right. it. Like they're not just going to give it to you and say, yeah, have fun. Go just say whatever you want. Right. So I get that. Yep. And, and that's That'd where, be pretty fucking cool though. <laughs> it would, it well, would and, be cool. And that's where, again, like, you know, from a business standpoint, I do get it. You know, sometimes I wish it was a little bit more like F1 where they're just like, we're going to say whatever we want. And it's, yeah. Like, know, no, this dipshit took me out. Like I'm pissed. There's, there's so much <laughs> right. money in something like formula one. Oh, that, exactly. that so you can, they can do whatever the fuck they, they can want. do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, but again, it's not going to hurt like, for money. I think you know. I think all of our teams are hurting for money constantly. All of them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that the need, gnarliest sport the in the world money, is hurting the most. Right. Like, well, like a lot of us in the 450 class in the top ten are riding for forty grand or something. Yeah, you know? like that's crazy, like, dude. Like you don't have to graduate high school to make more than that. You know, like that's nah, minimum wage at fucking McDonald's. Exactly. Right. We're out here busting our asses, mm -hmm. paying for trainers, paying for riding facilities, like in hopes of something greater. It's, but it's like you know. Well, and how many, look at freaking you know, the FXR Chaparral team. Cody Shock just got, what, sixth overall he in the year? Literally crushed it. Crushed like, it. Summer. Mumford did great. Top yeah. tens every weekend. Yeah. And the team folds. It's like, how the I fuck? Know. These rides are just disappearing. Yeah. I won the next to last race on RCH. When they folded. The <laughs> next to last race that we yeah. did, I won. That's great. Right. And, and then the team folded because yeah. the funding, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's gnarly out here. And again, I mean, it, you know, I don't think that stuff like this would answer all the issues, but I do wonder why, you know, why, I don't know if it would be the AMA or FIM or whoever needs to do this type of stuff, but like, why don't you ever see like documentaries on these guys? Like, I think that the sport almost has like a bit of an identity crisis. Right. Honestly, it does. like it does. I, I think that that's they, a good way to put it. Actually. I think that like 
because it's tough because there's like a lot of cooks in the kitchen and it's hard to know like who's steering this ship really but i don't think that the people in charge of like that and the optics of things really know what they want it to be right i think it's like do we want to be we hear all this do we want to be nascar do mm -hmm. I, I don't think so because this isn't NASCAR, you know? Right, and, very different and, from NASCAR. And I get what they're saying, but the the fan base could be similar, but it's not the same. Right. It's not the same. You know, we're a very, like, niche thing. Like, the people that love this love this. Yep. And the rest of the world doesn't know or care. But that's okay. There's enough to sustain this, and all of us make a living from what we have. But I think trying to change it and make it all weird, it's like, then you start doing stuff that just isn't genuine because right. it's not... It's not real. It's, it's not, not natural. Real. What we have is so cool. Like just, just do that. Yeah. You know, and that identity crisis thing is the problem. And then also, people talking about like outside sponsors and things like that. Well, if somebody brings an outside sponsor and tries to have a sponsor, then Feld or, or somebody will end up getting the sponsor. Right. Or, and they get all the money. <laughs> and then it's a sponsor of the series, and then they, you know what I mean? It's like. Stuff like that is tough because it's so hard to get funding for a team. Like I've been in some of these meetings, dude. Like I'm Native American, so when I was on RCH, like I was going to some of these like mm -hmm. meetings and conferences and stuff with casinos and like tribal stuff trying to get funding. Right. And it's so hard even with them being so excited about having like a Native American Supercross champion. Yep. Um 250 East Coast Supercross champion, by the way. I, I've seen some of the comments, guys. I know I'm not a world champion. I get it. He's a seminal, though. Amen. But even that, like, being excited about it, the aspect of, like, representing, like, the whole culture, like, it's still hard to get money. Like, they still aren't going to just open their pockets. Right. So no, it's so hard to get money for teams to just even keep running, let alone thrive. And then when you kind of get sponsors snaked, sometimes it's – damn near impossible right i didn't even think about that is that's a good point like uh, an outside sponsor comes and grabs a team and feld gives them the, that same opportunity to sponsor the whole series now they're like well why like, wouldn't i do that like chad situation like cbdmd chad situation a few years back that kind of stuff it's tough because then the very next year it's like oh now we're a sponsor of the series and and obviously i don't i'm not one of those guys who's going to bash Feld or MX Sports because I'm very grateful for what they do yep. because they give us a platform to have a living and a life. We So we all should be very grateful instead of just always just being negative about yep. it. You know, like there's that doesn't get anything accomplished anyways. But when it comes to the business side of things, it's tough because they're they're in the same boat, dude. They're trying to stay afloat, too. Right. Right. So every it, it's yeah, they have a lot of overhead. <laughs> it's the way life works. It's doggy dog in any industry in life because there's not like, there's enough to go around, but not really, mm -hmm. you know, like it's Barely. hard to get it and you got to like fight for that stuff. So I understand it, but at the same time it does suck because then if you do have something and you think, okay, cool, this could get us through another two years or right. whatever. And then it, then it gets, the rug gets pulled out and then you're kind of screwed because it's so hard to find, especially a big sponsor, right? really hard. Right. To bring real money. So um, again, to switch it up a little bit, past couple seasons you've rode for uh, Rocky Mountain KTM, very respectable team. Is, if I'm not mistaken, your contract is up with them. So what uh, what does the future look like for you? The future is uh, it's a bit unknown at the moment. I had a great three years with that team. I thoroughly enjoyed working with the guys, man. I have really good relationships with most of them. Um, 
I became very close with like Michael Byrne. I'm gonna keep working with him as well. And I really enjoyed it, man. And and they gave me three years, which is more than most would, right. you know? And, I, and I, I had a lot of issues, I struggled, I damn near retired. Like I had a lot of weird stuff that went on and they were supportive and, and held me down through all of that. And, and I'm very grateful for that. So obviously now it's time to move on and find something new. And I'm in the process of trying to do that, talking to a few different places. And I'm, I'm confident that I'll find a landing spot. You know, I don't think that I'm going to end up having to go like the privateer route. We tried that. We were going to do that a couple years back before I got the Rocky mountain ride, which was, I think the first time I rode the bike was like Wednesday before Anaheim won yep. that year. But uh, it was, dude, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Like serious respect for anyone that does that after we were trying to do it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, dude. It was really, really difficult. Makes you wonder how a lot of those guys pull it off. It was so difficult. Was that the year that you had, uh, I won't, you know, I'm dropping. I was going to ride for that. You were supposed to ride, for, ride the, for that Honda team, the team. Yeah, Phoenix Honda. Phoenix Honda. And then it unfolded last Which was minute. a different iteration of what the Phoenix Honda team is now. It That's wasn't, right. It wasn't the same thing. And uh, <clears throat> it folded, just couldn't get the funding. And then um, I was, me and Jimmy Button, we were going pretty hard, just going to do our own thing. We had somebody was going to help us out with a rig. Um, I had we had I have mock-ups of the bike and everything like it was I had a lot of sponsors that stepped up they were going to help me out so and and it would have been easier for me than it would have been for most I'm sure because I would have had people that were going to help because I have relationships with people I've been in yep. this sport for a long time but even with all that dude it was going to cost me so much money and I'm I and don't, that says a lot I don't have a shit ton of money right you know like, so it was going to cost me a lot of money and a lot of work and it was like sleepless nights dude right. like that's probably when i got epstein bar to be honest because i was still riding and i was so stressed out and i was man, using energy that you're trying to find and I, I couldn't sleep dude i just, just burn in the reserve tank couldn't, couldn't sleep i was driving like sometimes two two and a half hours a day to go ride like it was it was a, it was a wild time period for sure i learned a lot grew a little bit so it's all good but that is a that's a crazy concept though because i think a lot of people um i think a lot of people would just assume that like oh you know if Justin Bogle loses a ride, he's going to be fine. You know, like no matter what, he's got people that are going to cover everything for him. You know what I mean? So like, I think that's crazy for people to hear. Like, even with you having the connections that you ain't do, that simple, it's not that simple. Right. Like it's you're not, still going to have to spend a shit ton of money to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, the year that I, I was a fill in the first year on the team, um, for outdoors, Benny came back. And if I wanted to race, like I had to, I had to come out of the pockets a little, like a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I had to pay for like my engine services, suspension services, my mechanic, Fuck. my mechanics flights, like my travel. I'd, I spent a, That's lot, a lot, spent a lot of money that summer to go race. And I, I just, I fucked it. I just wanted it. You know, right. I want it enough to, you know, like this last, this last time I just decided one day after going down to 83 compound that I was moving, if they had a spot for me, they did. And I sold my house, I had my little car, I sold my car and just moved down to Florida, got an apartment. And right now I literally own my truck and my Harley and that's it, you know? And I've pretty much like owned a house since I was like 19. So it's a little bit weird, but I mean, it's like the same thing with that dude. I I was going to spend a bunch of money to do the privateer thing. I ended up spending a good amount to race for a respectable team with a great motorcycle so i mean i didn't look at it as a loss because right. i was already kind of gonna have to do that so 
it is what it is but this stuff ain't nothing simple in life man especially no. especially if it's cool right and awesome, <laughs> you know yeah it can't be easy and it can't be just all roses all the time it's gotta yeah. it's gotta suck sometimes but I, I mean it sucks when it sucks don't right. get me wrong i don't like it but right. shit man you learn a makes lot. you appreciate the you good learn time. a lot from it you get a lot of perspective on life and is what it is man if you choose to look at it that way at least you know mm -hmm. it's funny because i know you uh you and benny are pretty close right you and boss yeah we like, i mean you know we were living at rainers yeah, and we stuff like that robbie's for a long time right yeah. but um i know there was like a few years there where i feel like with the rocky mountain thing it was kind of like you or him did that ever make anything like kind of like uncomfortable or awkward just like not really like not that it was your guys's problem but at the same time like that's kind of hard knowing that the dude you live and train with you know you two are competing for one spot no it was definitely hard it was awkward it was it weird. had to be like i would i don't like that that uneasy feeling of like the anxiety from that kind of stuff either and, yeah and we're like at robbie's at raiders the shops they're like you know there's like one shop with like five bays in it mm. you know but walls in between and we're like next door to each other <laughs> he lived one mile away from me like we were around each other a lot you know so it was awkward but i just the one day when stuff started getting a little weird i just went up i walked over there and i said yo let's talk about it we talked about it. i said whatever happens happens if you're better than me and you beat me then you deserve it and i will be happy for you right and if and if vice versa like i would hope that you would do the same so for me that was big because just to clear that air because it was awkward mm -hmm. and it sucks when you kind of get pitted against each other, you know, right. like, I don't, yeah, that that's tough because like of all people and times and, and shit, it had to be that like, it's just, and <laughs> to, to make it worse, I only got the fill-in ride because Benny called them and told them that I should. Right. And then it was the next year that you were competing. Exactly. So, so he probably felt like, oh fuck, I'm being pushed out. So <laughs> it was a tough situation, but right. understandably so like it was, I mean, it was tough for me to not have any clue what my life was going to go and turn into, but right. it was tough for him to know that like, all right, well I was, I was helping my friend out right. and then now he might be taking my job, you know, like right. that wasn't comfortable for anybody involved. It's never yeah, that's fun. a weird deal. Yeah. yeah. It's a shitty position to be put in, but it sucks. But also it was, it's just tough because there's no, there's, there's no spot. So like no. where were either of us going to go? Forward the class, you're fucked. Right. There's no other way around it. There's, I mean, there's literally only a handful of, opportunities and once those are full nobody's opening the door or creating one for you yeah, it's not no and doors keep closing look at moto concepts i mean they're coming back with brayton but like they shut down for a bit they were gonna be arena cross team like it's like fuck no one can stay afloat anymore it's the it's, 450 class is just the, very getting rides a diamond a dozen yeah it's it's tough man the 250 class i tell all those guys the grass ain't greener like stay there as long as you can because Honestly. I miss those days of getting podium bonuses every weekend and, <laughs> and right. getting a paycheck that like was, you know, a decent paycheck. Like I miss those days. So don't take that comfortable. For, <laughs> don't take that for granted because right. I think a lot of us do and you shouldn't because the other side of that coin, if it doesn't go well right off the bat, mm -hmm. it can, you can end up in that weird purgatory that I've been in, which is like I'm riding for either free or I'm riding for like not that much money. And, you know, just kind of struggling to try to get back on my feet. And, uh, yeah, here we are how many years later and I still same old thing, man, trying to get a ride to try to climb back on the horse and prove myself again, you know, yeah. but I mean, whatever, man, I'm, you gotta, if you ain't up for that challenge, then you need to probably go probably home. in the wrong scared, deal. Go to church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm ready for it. It is what it is. Yeah. Right. So it's fun anyway. What, um, 
what got you into the music? How how did all that come about? Um, it happened just like I don't know, just super like organically. Me and my buddies would just so when we were in amateurs, we would all like ride around on our scooters or whatever we had and be like we had this thing called Rap Thirty. We were like Rap Thirties at it was at like the Honda of Houston semi a lot. Or yep. some, whoever's motorhome had a good like be fresh. speakers. <laughs> right. And we would we would like all meet there like rap thirties at like six or whatever and they would just we would all play like instrumentals and just freestyle right like yeah just being kids and then brad frace got a computer and started like trying to figure out kind of how to make beats and stuff and then i started i got a macbook and started trying to figure it out just with garage band and all that and yep. um, built a little shed into a studio space kind of sort of at my parents house in the backyard and spent a lot of time in there trying to figure out what does what and i mean this is when i'm young dude i'm maybe 16 like just driving i guess and uh brad who is one of my best friends like him and colt we've been th three of us have been together a lot throughout our lives you know so brad got hurt he was paralyzed he was in a chair for a couple of years that was gnarly and uh he started he needed something right so he started he dove in pretty deep and started learning how to make beats did all that stuff and then we it just kind of like happened from there like he's making stuff so he'll send me stuff because i always like doing it as well yeah and then just kind of escalated from there and then i don't know man here we are like a decade later and i'm still just like super into it like i just i love doing it you know like i love love recording my voice yeah you know i mean i love hearing my voice and messing with different plugins and different ways of like harmonizing with myself and layering it and you know, like meeting other people that make stuff and making stuff with them. And it's just, you're one of those people that you get attached to something and, and you love the feeling of, uh, like progression. Absolutely. And I think I'm, I'm very, like I said this earlier, I'm like super, I get super like passionate about everything you do, <laughs> things that I love, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Like, even if it's like my friends, like I'm, I'm ride or die from like my friends and my family and people because it's really all you got you know yep. whatever you if when you have something that you love whatever it is it's like the only thing that really makes you want to do anything you know like otherwise like life gets kind of hard you're like well what's the point really right. you know like if you start thinking about that too much it gets pretty pretty gnarly so and it's easy to get into that of course it's tough especially when you're doing what we're doing and you're or like say i can only speak for myself you're hurt a lot and having a big surgery or another one and you're off the perks yep. and you're zoned out and you're alone and you're, you know what I mean? Like those are some it, bad thoughts. <laughs> it gets, it gets gnarly dude. Like there's, I had so many like back to back to back to back injuries for like a couple years there that dude, shit got dark for sure. But right. I literally turned it around because Brad, um, could kind of tell he's like yo something's kind of up like dude's being weird you yeah. know and he literally just was like fuck it and he moved down with me in florida and we just started making music again like every day um I was, that's a homie i was training yeah. i was he was helping me out he was helping me cook because i was like super busy like literally just like revived you <laughs> yeah but just having that like someone care about you enough to mm -hmm. to do that was like dude crazy like i still almost get emotional about it because like he didn't have to do none of that you right. know but, like, no that's a diehard that's, that's like man. 
that's motivating in itself. Like if you, you know, when you have somebody that believes in you enough to roll with you like that, mm-hmm. kind of down enough to put their shit on, you know, to the side on pause because Amazing. they believe in you. Like they, mm-hmm. that, you know, that goes a long ways. Yeah. It was really, really awesome of him to do, but also like it really kind of turned everything around for me because I had, I felt like I had that support again. Like I wasn't, I was super like by myself. Yeah. Like I obviously knew people down there, but all my like close friends, my family, no one was down there and I was hurt and I was dealing with that. And then you got like your personal stuff going on, like relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're hurt and being an asshole to everyone, like that's not going to last either, you know? So you got other stuff going on too. And it's, it gets to be a lot. So when he did that, we started making music. I got that outlet back again and started to kind of feel like myself again. We started filming a lot. We would film dumb stuff. Like I was sponsored by like that, a drink company couple years years back and we would film like just funny little videos for that and it was like yep. fun like life was fun again yep you know and then i ended up moving back to oklahoma city and he lived with me until like i moved to florida you know so we would just make music make videos he'd come to the track with me every day and whatever needed done he would do it and uh he would always film and i'd always have like content for stuff and it was really fun time period in my life for sure mm-hmm. like i always look back at that time period like kind of like like the the phoenix kind of thing you know like i felt like i was like down in it you Mm -hmm. know like down for the count and i crawled back up and was back to kind of doing me again and having fun and Mm -hmm. felt like myself again so yeah man shit like that though that'll just remind you or show you or prove to you like who should be in the will you know what i mean exactly like there's not (laughs) not everybody deserves that bro no Yep. No, absolutely. 100%. On um, that subject, actually, kind of reminded me. I know you uh, got pretty deep into the concussion talk on the Gypsy Tales podcast, um, but uh, when you uh, was your so was the the bad bad head injury like the the final straw was that the Glendale one? Yeah. So like I remember you said on there that you know there was a lot of like really dark days and shit like that. Like in that moment, because that really wasn't that long ago. What really helped you get out of that? Like what what pulled you out of that bad situation? So I was already feeling really frustrated and starting to get a little bit jaded and just like not feeling like myself. I mm-hmm. wasn't enjoying much of what I was doing leading up to that. And then I, I get hurt and I'm like, it kind of, it, it was gnarly. Like I was, I mean, we're going fast. I hit the ground. My hands were behind my back. Like I wasn't ready for it at all. And I was that night I like was in the hospital that night and I remember feeling like I was going to die all this weird stuff. Right. Like I'm like, it's, it was gnarly. Mm-hmm. And, um, from there I, I go home and I, re- I called my agent. I called Jimmy who I don't even like calling my agent, my friend, Jimmy, mm-hmm. like he's been there for me through all this. And I shit, I mean, clearly I haven't been making him a lot of money, so <laughs> he must care about, he's me, a day so one for he sure. Must care about <laughs> me. So I called Jimmy and, and, and Robbie and a few people. And I was like, basically like I'm, I'm done. Like I, I literally just had all this other stuff going on and I finally like this one, that's it. And I, I'd never felt that before, dude, like leading into the year into 2014, I crashed on a triple and fractured like a bunch of stuff in my back, broke my shoulder blade in half. I was knocked out for like five minutes or something like, and I remember waking up and being so pissed because I was like, I'm missing supercross. Like, all I could think of like I was fine but I was pissed yeah 
And uh, that time was different. It was kind of like foreign territory because I woke up and I was like, whoa, I don't like this. I don't like how I feel right now. Like, I don't. It's just like, different. I don't know. And I. Not yeah. like breaking a bone. Breaking a bone. No, you're... no, not at all. I'd much rather do that. Mm. But I. I, yeah, man, I. So I decided I was like, fuck it, I'm done. And then trying to do other stuff i'm like i made an album i was just like i was kind of going out with friends and like just like trying to hang out and have fun and just see what being normal was like yep and uh brad was still living with me so we were trying to like occupy ourselves and we were making clothes and we were making music and we were like doing other stuff and trying to just stay busy and and if anyone follows me on instagram they probably see like cp like one of my homies he raps he's like really dope but he was living with me too for until i moved to florida so we were all hanging out together. So it could have been worse for sure. But it's also right when all like the quarantine stuff happened. So we couldn't go anywhere. So we're all kind of stuck at home. I'm not doing really anything that gets me like excited. Yep. I have all this like emotion from thinking I'm retired. I have all this like weird stuff going on. And in hindsight, that's my soul telling me that it wasn't time yet. Yep. You know, but in that moment, I didn't know. And I was, I never, I was never scared in my career, my life of it ever. Nothing ever scared me, but that one scared me. Like it took me a while to get over it. I was li literally like until maybe halfway through outdoors last year, I was still like a little gun shy. No shit. But it was, it was really, really cool when I finally realized like, oh, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. I haven't been for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Like I'm finally but over you, it. You've crossed that threshold. Finally, of finally got over it. Because that was almost the scariest part too when I did come back and I, I had some of those weird things where I was like kind of pulling back or I was like, dude, that's not like, gonna am fly. I going to get over it? That's not going to fly because you're not, you can't do this at this level like that. Right. You'll end up getting hurt worse. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, I, through all that time period though, I got, it got dark. I was pretty depressed, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, but then one day, I swear, one day I woke up, felt, better like almost like i drove through a fog right and i was just like just clear oh i like wiped my glasses off or something and i went road and just like fully like og style like went to my parents house like my mom was there and that was it i didn't tell anyone i was coming over the track i had that guy, guy cooper built my track when i was a kid and the same track that he built when i was young that hasn't been ridden in a decade plus. I went and rode that. <laughs> no shit. And I was just like, man, this is fun. Yeah. I was like, dude, I called Jimmy. I called burner. I called my mechanic. I was like, all right, I'm doing outdoors. I know I don't have much time, but I'm doing outdoors. Yeah. I'm, I need to get back on the horse. Like that just confirmed it. I was feeling it for a little bit. Like, is, am I making a bad decision here? Like this could be wrong, like super wrong. Like my life could go like a way different path and I don't know which way that's going. Right. So I feel that, you know, so I was like, once I got back into it, I was miraculously just felt better, you know, right. Had that thing that, that medicine for the soul, I guess, you know, whatever that is. But I, uh, yeah, I went into outdoors last year, like super unprepared, obviously because of all this, I didn't touch a dirt bike or ride for five, six months. So Race my way back into shape. I started getting back in the top 10 by the end of the year, but that's about the time when I stopped being kind of got over the fear. You know, I, I had the cougar in the car with me. You yeah. Know what I mean? So I think. Old Karen. Yeah. So I think uh, 
I got through it by just going through it, you know? Right. That's like really all you can do. There's no... You got to face the fear. There's yep. no trick to get around all of that. It's like there's no special magic potion to be super fit or to mm -hmm. be super smart. You have to like work at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're going through that, like I had to really lean on like my family and friends in that time because it was weird, man. I didn't know... I didn't even recognize myself. Like I've always been... Like I said, I've always been pretty confident in myself. I've never really had an issue. Like I'll, I'll show up to the races wearing whatever. And I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like everyone looks at me like I'm an idiot, but like, I, it doesn't really affect me. But, Still look cooler than you. <laughs> but that, I, it was a hard time recognizing myself for like mm -hmm. five, six months, dude. And I mean, that's obviously, that's what concussions do, Yep. you know, and especially solid ones. Like they change you a little bit throws everything off for a bit fucks with your head a lot messes with like the chemistry in your brain a lot of, it does a lot of things you know and the brain's a muscle so well, i feel like it makes you question a lot of shit too you know what i mean especially in the beginning you're just like i don't know what to believe like <laughs> yeah and and honestly the feeling of like waking up from a concussion and then like knowing that your brain's about to do a full computer reboot and go through all the emotions you're gonna get pissed off you're gonna cry you're gonna be scared you're gonna it's mm -hmm. weird but like your brain does it's like a computer rebooting really itself when you yeah. come back and after you've done it a few times, you wake up and you know that's coming. It's like, it's the worst feeling, dude. You know? <laughs> so you're like, uh, you're in that moment. Obviously you're like, man, the hell with this, but little time heals everything. You know, you go through stuff and as long as you can get through it in a little bit of time, the pain starts to fade a little bit. You start forgetting a little bit, right. yep. you know, next thing you know, you're throwing it into the first corner, bumping bars with people not scared no more. So, right. It's a beautiful thing, honestly. Like it's like circle of life without having to die, you know. Right. It's pretty cool. As far as like the racing and like like physical activity and stuff, is is your brain one hundred percent normal for that? I feel awesome. Like no, I no feel, long term, I feel good, dude. Like no limits. Like, no, nah, I feel like I'm still very quick with being a smart ass, and I'm uh, <laughs> as long as I still got my jokes. I'm pretty good at like you know picking lines and finding stuff on the track. Like mm. I feel like myself again, so I don't think nothing residual from that like i mean luckily obviously you never know but yeah you know and and that's the thing too like a lot of people talk about my head injuries even like some teams that i've been talking to and i'm like you guys as a concern but i'm like you guys realize it everyone in the whole entire pits here is like had probably the same amount right yeah like, right everyone's everybody's, gonna have CTE. everybody's dealing with the same exact thing. <laughs> like everyone's done this since they were five they've all been getting we've all eaten shit a lot yeah right. it's, it's just part of the game but i said this on gypsy tales as well like i just I did a lot of mine in front of people, you know, like, right. yeah, you know, so like, you don't know what someone like Eli's doing in Colorado. You have no idea what's yeah. going on out mm -hmm. there. So it's still, I guarantee it still happens. And I know right. Yours just happened in front of people. Yeah. And it's, especially it's place. these days it's hard because if it's in front of anybody, everyone's going to know about it. And know? they always, yeah. they always assume the worst right away too. Yeah. Like so, you hit the ground and you're passed out. Oh, he's dead. Oh no, no, he's okay. He's, he woke up. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, that stuff's kind of annoying because it like, is, you know, like I'm, I think I've proven over the years I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tough like i'm not yeah. a chump like right. I'll, I'll get up off the mat if i if i physically can do it i'm mm -hmm. doing it so i don't know man it's it's a little annoying when it starts to become a question of like if i can handle it or mm -hmm. whatever but at the same time i understand the concern because i've done a lot of stuff had a lot of injuries so right do you consider yourself uh like a spiritual person like do you how do you see life like do you believe that everything happens for a reason do you believe in karma like what's your i output? believe that there's a god above us and I believe that any other explanation just doesn't make any sense to me. And even if that one's hard to explain, I'd rather believe that, you yep. know? So I, for me, man, I just, 
I pray a lot. You know, I'm nowhere near perfect. I'm full blown idiot a lot of the times. But <laughs> I think we all are. I think the smartest people are able to uh, recognize that, though. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, I, li- I like. If you to don't think- get it, you're dumbass. No, I'm just- <laughs> well, I I mean, I tell my like. I say it all the time, like, I'm a fucking idiot. Don't listen to me. Like, you know, for everybody that watches this, don't listen to most of the shit I say because I'm probably not the best person to listen to. I always just say, listen to yourself, bro. Like, you probably know good as I do. I'm just out here winging it too, you know? Right. But it, you know, I... Look at me and listen to him. I, (laughs) yeah. I do like to think that, like, you know, I I don't, I don't think I'm the dumbest person in the world either, you know? Nah. You know, I think as far (laughs) as, like, all that stuff goes, though, like, I believe in God. I mm. believe that it's hard because like, am, do, am I naive enough to believe in like destiny and fate and all of that? Mm. I, yes, you know, I do. Yep. So it's like, I don't even think that's naive. Whether I mean. that's like corny or whatever, it's like, dude, like certain things happen in your life and then you end up certain places. Like that can't just be it's not a coincidence. It can't yeah. just be chance, you know? Like, and if it is like, damn, those are pretty good odds because however you end up is like right. okay so well then at that case I made it this like, far well it's like fuck what have i done to get <clears throat> all these good odds you yeah. know what i mean like yeah I, I don't know i believe in all of that man and i believe that things do happen for a reason i know sometimes everything doesn't you can't always blame everything on oh there's a reason for this you know sometimes stuff happens no, sometimes just shit happens we're humans and we just make mistakes and sometimes you just get yourself into stuff that you mm-hmm. shouldn't or stuff happens it's like that's part of life but i do think too that like going through life without some people that could go through life without some sort of something to believe in is like scary. Right. Like what, what are you even living for? Like, what do you think? Like, where's kind of no, no purpose. Like Like, what's your moral compass even look mm -hmm. like? Like, that's probably insane to me. I I feel like those are lost people. Definitely, man. And it's, that's tough because life is so hard, even just, if you're somewhat put together, <laughs> right. like the shit gets, what's it like, like that, you know, like what it, would it be like without having something to believe in and care about, you know, mm-hmm. like we're human beings, it's like an innate desire in us to like believe in stuff, you know, right. like we want to know, we got to have something, you know? So I don't know. I think when it gets dark and things start to get rough, that's everybody prays in the end. Right. Yep. They say that because that's true because that's and in that moment, there's nothing else left in that moment. You don't think you're smarter than, everything no. else or that there is a chance that something couldn't that couldn't be real so i don't know dude like when you go through a lot of stuff too i think i think life god the universe whatever people want to say i think has a way of humbling you yep. if you need it mm-hmm. i agree and a way of kind of it's almost like like you're a pinball in a pinball machine and things just like knocking you around until you finally get where you're supposed to go yeah until you, you know, find your channel to go down. Until you find the channel that you're supposed to go down. I don't know, man. I, That's how I feel flirting with chicks at the bar. I'm in a pinball machine. <laughs> just try, 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 try again, man. Just if you, fail if you don't time, ask, the answer's always no. Bouncing from one yep. to the next. Go straight to the next one, man. Hey, worst they can say is no, you know? Oh, shit. Well, shit. Justin Bogle, man, we are... St- Super appreciative to have you. We yeah, well, you I didn't even mention on. this is a nineteenth episode and we brought in Justin Bogle, number nineteen. We had to so, do that. Power move, man. I can um I can who do, you think, who do you think's the next episode? I gotta call Brock. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> Tickle time. BT, <laughs> I um I I already imagine that uh 
you'll be somebody that we ask to come on again because I have a whole bunch more shit that I could talk to you I have about. Fun, man. I'm I'm down anytime I'm out here. I'm not out here a lot, but yeah. So we um we're gonna click out of here, Hash Boy. Get us the fuck out, Justin Bogle. We appreciate you coming on. Thank we, you. Uh, we wish the best for you for this upcoming season and thanks, boys, in the future. And let's go find that fucking success. Let's find yeah. it, man. I've been searching. It's there. It's got to be out it's there. It's there. It's got to be out there somewhere. It's like an ocean, dude. You're bound to hit something at some point. At some point, man. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go find myself some dinner. So I'm fucking starving. Hash boy, click us out of here. Thanks you. Right. Thank you to our sponsors. Always. Without them, we wouldn't be here. Peace. We're out. You're. Sir. Oh, Fucking my chili, dude. dude. I know. I, was I kept looking at you, down. and I like I didn't know if that one's on me the whole time, so I'm like, "Fucking air down." Oh.